Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Even when your life is good or when the tragedy happens in your life and you're asking why Jesus, why? Don't mistake the fact that he, I mean, he just loves you. And he'll, he'll take that question. Doesn't mean he's always going to answer it. Certainly doesn't mean he's going to answer it the way that you think he should answer it. But he does like your questions. That's, that's the God whom I, I hope and I pray that we all serve. This personal relationship, relational Jesus, where he's like, yeah, talk to me. Have you ever had a teacher tell you and the rest of your class that there's no such thing as stupid questions? And then in the midst of the class laughing at your question, you find out pretty quickly that, yeah, there sometimes are stupid questions. Well, Pastor James shares today that to Jesus, there truly is no stupid or unreasonable question. In fact, Jesus loves it when you bring your questions to him. But are you willing to wait and listen for his answer? It might not be the answer you're looking for, but it will be perfect for you. Now, here's Pastor James in the book of Mark, chapter 12, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Mark chapter 12, here we are. We're going to look at this small little portion, and this question comes up. It's like, it's the last one that gets asked of Jesus concerning religious leaders and scribes and, and, you know, experts within the law and all that good stuff. And the question that that is uh, posed to Jesus is actually not one too uncommon for us today, right? Um, The question's going to be, which is the greatest commandment? Now, it's not too all uncommon for us because we talk about these types of things all the time. Um, what is the greatest this? What is the greatest that? If you're into sports at all, as I am, and I grew up uh, through the 80s, mainly uh, you know, late 80s into the early 90s, uh, basketball was my life. I lived and breathed basketball. Um, if you wanted to find me at any time of the day, it'd be on a basketball court. That's just it. From sunup to sundown, that's what I did. And so I, I, and when I wasn't playing basketball, I was watching basketball or playing basketball on a video game, like just totally immersed into that uh, culture. And the question always comes up of like, who's the greatest? Who's the GOAT, right? Greatest of all time basketball player. There's no question. It's Michael Jordan. Um, No question at all. Don't give me that LeBron James nonsense. Uh, He's a great player, Um, but it's Michael, it's Kobe and then maybe LeBron. Okay, that's my stand on that. Um, you're like, you want to you debate? That's fine. Um, we can do that afterwards. But the, these types of questions always come up. Who's the greatest quarterback? Who's the greatest, you know, baseball team? And what's the greatest? You know, we, we're always asking these questions, and they, they make for lively debate and discussion. And nothing's really all that different. Um, like Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. And back then in Jesus' Jesus's times, the religious leaders and the, the experts in the law and all that good stuff, these are the questions that they were asking each other. Which is the greatest commandment? We have 613 commandments. Which one's the greatest? Which one carries the most weight? Um, they had like 365 of them were all like pretty heavy commandments, I believe, unless I'm reversing that. 
Um, there's like heavy commandments and there's lighter commandments. Which is the greatest though? And they would, they would bounce this question off of each other all the time and getting each other's opinions. And so this lawyer, he's technically a lawyer, uh, in, yet he's a lawyer and he's also a scribe. He overhears Jesus interacting with all these other guys asking him questions. You know, uh, for, the, for the person, for the lady who has been married seven times, who's going to be her husband in heaven, right? He's there as part of that conversation listening in, and he hears Jesus say, well, she's not going to have a husband in heaven because that's not how it works. So he heard Jesus' reply there. He's also heard the uh, little parable of the, you know, the evil farmers, the, the tenant you know, who is renting the vineyard and all that good stuff. Uh, who do we, you know, should we pay our taxes to Caesar and all that good stuff. He's been present at all of these interactions. And he's very impressed with Jesus and how he answers the questions. So he comes to Jesus with a question that's not really trying to trap Jesus. It's just one of like, So we talk about this all the time, Jesus. What's your opinion? What's your opinion? And that's kind of the scene for where we're at in uh, verse 28 of chapter 12. One of the teachers of religious laws, uh, in the Gospel of Luke, I believe it is, lets us know that he's a lawyer, could be Matthew. But he is a lawyer. He's, He's a teacher of the religious law, so he knows what he's talking about. He was listening to the debate he realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Which carries the most weight to it? Which one, I mean, if we're going to have to like obey one for sure, which is the one we for sure should obey Jesus? Which, is, which should we put at the, at the very top? 614 or 613 total, which is the best? It's a good question. It's not a loaded question. It's just a good question. It's a good question for us to ask. Lord, which, so out of all the commandments, which is the best commandment? Which is the greatest of them all? Jesus' response to this guy is, is really kind of, it's fascinating. Now, I know that there are some other religious leaders uh, associated with this guy who are probably hanging on to this question and hoping that Jesus messes up somehow. So don't, this guy's intent, we believe, is pretty innocent, but don't mistake it. There were other guys surrounding him who were like, ooh, good question. Let's see how he answers this. So hopefully we can get him on this, right? But I think the guy who's asking the question, in, in my understanding and, and also in understanding of some uh, other commentators, believes that he's just, he's just curious. He just wants to know. He just wants to know. Jesus, which is the best one? I kind of like that that's, that's modeled for us as well. It's like, sometimes I'm just curious, and sometimes I just ask Jesus questions, and that's okay. Hey, Jesus, why this? Hey, Jesus, what's, what's up with that? <laughs> why, what, what's going on over here? What are you doing, Jesus? Where are you going? How are you moving? What would you like? He is totally okay with all our questions. I like that. I appreciate that about Jesus. He not only is okay with our questions, but in, in this text, we'll see that uh, as he, he will wrap it up, and then we probably won't get there today, but he likes to ask his own questions too. So just as okay as you are with asking him questions, we should be just as okay, if I can say that without stumbling over my words, with him asking us questions. But don't mistake it, he likes your questions. He welcomes your questions. 
even when your life is good, or when the tragedy happens in your life and you're asking, why, Jesus, why? Don't mistake the fact that he, I mean, he just loves you. And, and he'll, he'll take that question. Doesn't mean he's always going to answer it. Certainly doesn't mean he's going to answer it the way that you think he should answer it. But he does like your questions. That's, that's the God whom I, I hope and I pray that we all serve, this personal relationship, relational Jesus, where he's like, yeah, talk to me. Talk to me. Come with your questions. Come with your questions. Come, let us reason together, right? It's beautiful. It's an amazing, it's an amazing relationship. And here's this guy who shows up, and he's like listening, and he's impressed with Jesus. It's like, which one's the best? And Jesus replies to him, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and only Lord. That's the great Shema. That's not an answer. That's, it. That's not an answer to the question. That's a statement. He's like, yeah, oh, the greatest commandment, it's this. And he, he quotes the great Shema from Deuteronomy. So he's making a statement first and foremost, which gets everybody's attention. Because this is a prayer that they pray morning and evening. This prayer would be equal to the sample prayer, like the Lord's prayer for us. I mean, it's on that level for these guys. So when they hear him make this statement, he has their attention. He's like, oh, the greatest commandment? easy. And he quotes the great Shema before he goes into which commandment it is. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, throw this out there, but it's a beautiful, beautiful statement. Listen, O Israel, pay attention, O Israel, give me your eyes, give me your ears, O Israel. The Lord, Yahweh, Yahweh, our Elohim, our God. Elohim is a, is a, it's really like a plural for God. Yahweh, Elohim is Yahweh. Like the Lord, our God is the Lord. It's a beautiful statement. It's an, it's an amazing statement. It's a powerful statement. And within it, it communicates this. God is the only God. He's the only one true God, and he is Yahweh. And there are no other gods out there. Now, there's lowercase g gods, gods that we invent, gods that we make up, all that fun stuff. But when it comes down to, like, God Almighty, there is only one. There is only one, and he is Elohim, and he is three in one. Now, that's not a contradiction, it's, it's a perfect unity. God the Father, God the Son, who is Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. Three are one. Elohim. Yahweh, our God, our Lord, is God. It's a powerful statement. And I mean, when he, he probably when he made this statement, you could tell, like, not that they were in a room. I don't know physically where these guys were at, but you could tell, like, it probably got really quiet. And he just threw them a curveball that they were not expecting. They're waiting for him to give them like, well, what's the commandment? What's the best one? He's like, well, let me start by saying this, just so I have your attention, so I have your focus. 
Let's, let's, you know, before we start talking about the commandments of God, let's talk about who he is. Because it's important that you know who he is. You can try to obey all the commandments, and people do this without knowing who he is. But the the utmost important thing is, you got to know who he is. You got to know who you're talking about. Because what good does it do to say, love your neighbor, love God, love your neighbor, when you don't know who he is? And you might not be doing it correctly. So let's start at the foundation. That's, and that's what he does. He takes them to the, the basics, the elementary principles. Let's talk about who we're talking about first. And that's addressed in Deuteronomy chapter 6. The Lord your God. The Lord your God. The Lord our God is one. He is one. And the only Lord. You got to know who you're talking about. We within the church, we, we got to make sure that we're getting this right as well. Praying to God, yay, you know, praise God for clarity of the scriptures and all this good stuff, and especially in a pluralistic world that we live in. Everybody thanks God for everything. You got superstars or musicians or actors or something, they get some sort of award for something. And then oftentimes they'll, they want to thank God. Well, who are you talking about? In our world today, that can mean anything. That can mean anything. Oftentimes, not ascribing this to every single one of them, but it seems, though, the God that they are thinking is really themselves. It's really themselves. In fact, we've had some individuals go so far as to actually do that. I remember uh, watching an award show. It's a sports award show because I don't watch celebrity award shows at all because um, I don't like wasting my time. Um, should probably should, I don't watch the sports ones anymore either, uh, in case you think I'm elevating one over the other. I'm not, but you get it. This guy won an award, and I believe it was the MVP in the NBA, National Basketball Association. And he gets up there after everybody else has gotten up and received awards and like, I want to thank God and all this good stuff. He gets up and he's like, you know what? I want to thank myself. He said that, Literally. I just want to thank myself, because without me, I wouldn't be here. Without me, I wouldn't have won this award. And you're like, well, I mean, that, that's, yeah, you were part of the process. I get that. Um, you didn't create yourself into existence, and uh, you didn't make yourself to be six foot plus, you know, whatever, and athletically gifted. But he had the, he had the you know, well, the honesty is really what it was. He wanted to thank God, but his was a lowercase g, and it was really himself. And the word comes along, and we've had the word for forever. It feels, as, it feels like thousands upon thousands of years. And the word makes it clear, there is one God. There is one God, and he should be worshipped, and he should be served. And you need to know who he is. And I, again, I say that this is important for the church because where we're at within church culture and church history and all this good stuff, people grow up in the church. And you can grow up in the church and you can be totally clueless as to who God is. And you can go around thanking God all the time, but not really understanding who he is. The Lord our God is one. He is one. He is the only one. He is the only one. And he is the Lord. 
It's a beautiful, powerful statement. This is a prayer that you could incorporate within your daily devotional life. There's no problem with you saying this. This could be, if you go to Israel today, um, you may walk around and you see um, Orthodox Jews with a little box on their head, a phylactery on their head. Within that little box is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. They have it on a little scroll, and it's, why? Because they want to keep it at the forefront of their minds. And they have this, this wrap, this kind of leather wrap that they wrap around their hand, and they want to keep it close. I mean, that's Deuteronomy chapter 6 as well. They, they, this verse matters like of the utmost to these guys. They want to keep it on the forefront of their thoughts, forefront of their minds. They want to keep it close to their hearts. They, I mean, they have it everywhere, everywhere. And here Jesus is making the statement as he answers the question, what's the most important commandment you ask? Well, uh, let me throw down Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6 real quick, and then I'll answer your question. Because again, if you're going to talk about loving God and loving others, you've got to understand who God is. You have to understand who God is. And I want to make sure that we get that. I, if I could do anything for, and not just you guys, because probably most of you guys in this room get this, but we've seen a lot of interaction in social media, which is just, I don't know, I don't know what to attribute social media to. Um, but unfortunately, there's been a lot of Christians, and I'm going to use quotations, Christians on social media, you know, wanting to ascribe like, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. But they'll elevate love your neighbor really over that command. And the problem is, is like, I don't know if people understand if they really know who God is. I mean, it's within that same category of like, I want to thank God for this award. And then you have people who quote, who post stuff on social media about like, no, you should love your neighbor as yourself because that's what God's word says. And you're like, well, do you know who God is? So before we start posting Bible verses and throwing stuff at people's faces, because the past two years, this verse got thrown in people's faces often. And I don't think anybody knew what it really actually meant, what it means. The context and totality of what loving your neighbor actually means. So that's why I want to make sure that kind of drilling this down as best as I can with know who God is, know who he is, and then let's, let's look at these commands. The Lord your God is one, and he is the Lord, okay? He's the only one. Um, so let's get into this greatest commandment, uh, which actually, you know, this is, this is it. Like, this is tops, okay? But he's going to add an extra one to it, but let's look at this first one. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, right? The greatest commandment, love, the, love your God, love the Lord God, Yahweh, Elohim, love him with every aspect of your being, is what he's saying, okay? We can define what heart means and what mind means, and, but I think you get it. He's saying, with everything that you have, Every, all that you're made up of, love God with all of you. Don't hold, it, whoa, don't hold anything back. <laughs> Throwing microphones around. Don't hold anything back. Love him with everything, with all of you. Love him with every aspect of your being. This isn't going to be a perfect love on your part. 
there's flaws that you and I bring into this relationship, right? We have, uh, we have good days, we have bad days, we have good moments, let's be honest, we have bad moments. Um, so this isn't a thing about perfection or all, anything like that. We, we know that we're, it's a process, it's a sanctification process, but first and foremost, Jesus is letting this guy know and he's letting us know, listen, you got to love God with everything you have, with all your whole being, your thought life, your heart, which is like the, you know, the seed, like the emotional aspect of your being and uh, the soul and just everything. He gets all of it. He gets all of it. So when you surrender to God, because you know who he is, he's the one true God. So that means he's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. He's God almighty. He's the creator. He's all that stuff. So when he asks for us to surrender to him, he wants a full, absolute surrender to him. You don't get to hold anything back. Love the Lord your God with all of yourself, every aspect of it. It's a complete, and like I said, it's an absolute surrender. Surrender. That's the most important thing, Jesus says. You want to know what the greatest commandment is? You got to love God. You have to, and to his audience, they'd be like, well, we love God. Well, of course we love God. But do you know who he is? You see, he's talking to religious experts. He's talking to experts within the law, and they don't know who God is. Because if they knew who God was, they would know that he was present in their midst talking to them. Again, that's why we talk about why it's so important to know who he is. It's one thing, and again, it's one thing to know who God is. It's also another thing to be known by him. But that's the audience he's talking to. So if you're like, you keep harping on this thing. Look, he, we're, he was talking to religious experts. They, could, they memorized scriptures. They memorized. I mean, they, they had them on their heads, wrapped around their arms, on the doorpost of, of every doorway in their house. And Jesus starts off with that, that Shema because the people he's talking to don't really know who God is. They're good religious people, but they don't know who God is. And that's why I mean, I'll just, all the time, man, my, my, my greatest joy would be for anybody who walks through these doors is to know who he is, know what they believe about him, why they believe that, have a, have a relationship with Jesus that's growing, that's growing. So you can stand on your own two feet. If somebody asks you a question, you don't got to go run into Pastor James. Pastor James, somebody asked me a hard question. Well, don't come looking to me for answers. I may not even have them, right? Like, you got to know. You got to know what you believe, why you believe it, who you believe in. And once you get that, well, then you got to start obeying him. You got to love him with every aspect of your being. Go all in. Hold nothing back. And that's what Jesus is telling these guys. Hold nothing back. Love him with all your being. Um, we, we talk about this a lot, but uh, there's a uh, vertical aspect in your relationship with God, right? And the vertical is the most important element in your relationship with God. It's, it's from here to there, right? Like, it's that vertical element, you and him, in this open lines of communication and relationship. Him talking to you, you talking to him. This is the most important thing in your life, period. Hopeless, hopeless, red for the broken.
We're so glad that you joined us for a look at the Gospel of Mark here on Bread for the Broken. Pastor James will continue to take you verse by verse through this New Testament book about Jesus. There's so much to learn. We pray that you've heard something today that's drawn you deeper into your relationship with the Lord. Do you have questions about what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus? Well, we would love to hear from you and talk more. So go to breadforthebroken.com and click on contact to leave a message for us. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Or if you're in the Galveston area, we would love to get to know you in person too. Join us on Sundays or Thursdays as we study God's Word together at Calvary Galveston. You'll find service times, more information, and directions at our website. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. We're so grateful for our listening audience. And if this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you consider teaming up with us in a financial way? A lot is done to get these teachings out on the radio. And we're so grateful for those who feel led by God to contribute in that way. Simply go to the About tab on our website and you'll find the Donate link. We'd also like to ask you to be praying for us and for your fellow listeners. We can all use God's guidance and continued grace as we navigate this world with Him. Thanks for praying. If you missed any part of today's teaching, you can also find it on our website, breadforthebroken.com. Thanks again for tuning in today to Bread for the Broken.